Welcome to the Jaden Roberts Audio Podcast. My goal is to encourage you and build up your faith with the Word of God. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? It is your host, Jaden Roberts, back at it again with another podcast. So good to be back with you. And um, I got this message for you. I feel like it will change your life dramatically. And I'm not just saying that. I feel like it will really change your life. Because um, if you if you get this in your spirit, then man, it will change how you think. It will change how you look at the word of God. It will change how you know your relationship with God is. Um, you, if you gain this revelation, I mean, come on. No, no devil in hell can stop you. Um, and I highly agree with that. So, um, this is going to change you. So I wanted to get a podcast out before I go out of town for a couple of days, going in the mountains to be alone. I'm just playing, just going out of town to see family and I'll be back. So hopefully you guys will miss me, but if you don't miss me, my feelings are very hurt, but it's okay. It's all good in the neighborhood, but let's go. Let's get this started. So I'm, I'm, I'm calling this, what is the will of God for your life? What is the will of God for your life? What is it? What does God want me to have? What does God want me to have? I'm obviously here on this earth for a reason. And God has promises in his word. So what are they? And you have to know what they are. You can't go through life, you know, saying, is it, is it God's will for me, for God to have, to, for me to have this? Is it God, is it God's will for me to, you know, go through this? Is God testing me? No, if you get this, it will change all of that. Cause you'll know what the will of God is. You'll know what the will of God is not. Um, and it, that will change your life. Many people's minds are screwed up because they don't know what the will of God is. You know, is it the, is it the will of God for me to walk in sickness? Is, is God using the sickness to test me? You know, all of that is bogus because they are, they don't know the will of God. They don't know what the word of God says. So I'm going to get into that. So I want to start off with this note. And uh, if you have, if you take notes, uh, you can write this down. The will of God is the word of God. The will of God is the word of God. Everything that God wants you to have is in his word. It's in his word. It's right there. It's right in front of your face. The will of God is the word of God. Everything that God wills for you to have is in his word. But God's not going to, you know, make you, you know, figure it out. He's not going to make you figure it out. You got to crack open the Bible and, you know, study for yourself. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. So you got to you got to crack open that Bible and you got to look into it. And say, okay, this is what, you know, I have to have. This is what God wants for my life. You know, sickness is not, 
is not for me. You know, Jesus died for my sickness. You know, he he got stripes on his back for my healing. I'm not called to, you know, live with cancer. I'm not called to live with diabetes. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's that's not for me. That's already been. See, man, see, see how that changes. Because when you know what Jesus did for you and you know what the word says, then nobody can talk you out of it. You have to believe it in your heart. You have to truly believe it in your heart that this is what the Bible says I can have. And I believe this is what the Bible says I am. If the Bible says I am healed, I am healed. You want to know why? Because either somebody's lying. Either the doctor is is lying, which he is, or God is lying. Because God said I'm healed, while the doctor says I'm not. Which one are you going to believe? The doctor's looking at it from a natural point of view. Well, you have stage four cancer, and you only have these amount of months to live, so you might as well just kiss your family goodbye. But God says, by his stripes, I was healed. I was healed. I'm not going to be healed. I was healed. It's already it's already done. So I have to just, you know, believe it by faith and keep confessing it that I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. It's already been purchased for me by his blood. By his precious blood spilled for me so I don't have to suffer with sickness. I am healed. I believe God. I believe God. I don't I don't believe the doctor. I know the doctor is a nice man or a nice woman, but they don't serve the God that I serve and they don't know his word like I do. And I know his word and his word says that I'm healed in Jesus name. See how that changes. You got to know who you are in Christ. So number one, an obvious one, what is the will of God? Not just for your life, for but for people's life, humans in general, to be saved, number one, to be saved and to live holy, to be saved and to live holy. I'm going to go to Titus 3, Titus chapter 3. Now, Titus 3, 5, Titus chapter 3, verse 5, it says, he saved us. He saved us. He's not going to save us. He already saved us. He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He washed away our sins. Washed away. I want you to say this where you're at. Say, my sins have been washed away. My sins have been washed away. The Bible says when you call upon the name of the Lord, he separates your sins as far as the east is from the west, and he doesn't remember them anymore. My sins have been washed away. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. The Bible says those those who accepted Jesus Christ, the old life is gone and the new life has begun. Uh, King James Version says the old life has passed away. And you have become a new creature, a new creation. Old life is dead. 
And that's what happens when you accept Jesus Christ. So he wants people to be saved. He, want, he doesn't want people to go to hell. That's not the will of God. The will of God is for he wants everyone to be saved. But sadly, is everyone is everyone going to be saved? Sadly not. Sadly not. Because people are rebellious. People hear the, the word of God and they willingly go against it. Say, I don't want that crap. That crap is not real. I don't care for Jesus. I don't care about Jesus. I don't care about God. F your blanking God. I don't care about Jesus. And then they just go their separate way. And you think God just lets them go that way because he's a gentleman. He's not. He's never going to force himself on any person. So when people spit at him, when when he gives them an invitation to come to him, well, that's on them. And sadly, Jesus Jesus did die for everyone, yes, but is everyone going to heaven? No. There's people in hell Jesus died for. Yep. There are people in hell right now Jesus died for them, but did they make heaven? Obviously not. Because, yes, Jesus died for everyone, but it's that person's free will to ex- to accept him. To accept it. You can have a gift on the table for you, but if you don't open it, then that's just, that's then it's just going to be an unclaimed gift. That gift is for you, but if you don't accept it, it means absolutely nothing. It just sits on that table. But if you accept the gift that God gave, a free gift, just because it's free, yes. But it was a pricely gift. Jesus paid his very life for you to be saved and be on your way to heaven. It's a free gift for us, yes, but for God, was it free? Absolutely not. It was expensive. It was high-priced. It was his very son, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish, shall not go to hell, but have everlasting life. So he loved us so much that he gave his only son. So that we will not die in hell and be burning for eternity, but we will go to heaven. And it's a sad truth, but many people are in hell because they rejected Jesus Christ. You don't have to do anything to go to hell. You don't have to do anything to go to hell. How do you go to hell? You just live. You're, you, you exist Because you exist, you go to hell. Why? Because of our sinful nature. Because of sin that's in the world. We're all, we were all born in sin. The Bible says there's no righteous one, not a single one. We were born in sin. So it doesn't take anything to go to hell, but it does take something to go to heaven. It takes an action to go to heaven. It takes somebody to willingly accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. That's how you go to heaven. Nobody goes to heaven by accident. Nobody goes to heaven by accident. Nobody dies and says, oh, I'm in heaven. Oh, my gosh, I made it. I didn't know I was going to. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. You go to heaven because you know, you know, you know, you can have life eternal. The Bible says you are saved so you can know, so you can know you have life eternal. 
So you know you have life eternal. The Bible said Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. But why hasn't he come yet? The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, I believe. That he, Jesus is not being slow about his promise to return as some people think. No, but he's being patient for whose sake? Your sake. Because he doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants those to, to come to repentance. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Perish how? Go to hell. Miss the rapture. He doesn't want anyone to perish. But he wants all to come to repentance. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. That's what he wills. Ephesians 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Just like I said earlier, it is a gift from God. God gave it to you. And it may be free to you. But is it free to God? Absolutely not. Because he gave his only begotten son. Why? Because he loved us. If you love someone, you give them something. Love is shown by your actions. I want you to write that down. Love is shown by your action. God, God could have been like, well, I love you. Mwah. Love you. Go to hell. No, no. God's not like that. God said, I love you so much that I'm going to act. I'm going to give something. You prove your love by what you give. You prove your love by what you give. Now, I'm going to hit on this other part. He didn't only just save us, but he gave us a command. And what is that command? To live holy. To live holy. Holy. 1 Peter 1 1 Peter 1.15. Here's what it says. But now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy as I am holy. God has called us to live holy. And you might be saying, Jaden, how am I supposed to be holy? How? How? It's impossible. No. Because if God commanded something, he's going to empower us to do it. He's going to empower us to carry it out. And how, how did he empower us? The Holy Spirit. God never commands us to do something and he doesn't give us power to get it done. And you might be saying, Jaden, okay, show me an example in the Bible. Jesus. Jesus was 100% man. Jesus had a flesh. He had to battle. He was tempted at, at all points as we are. But what does the Bible say? He didn't sin. 
He was tempted with women. He was tempted to hang around with the wrong, you know, um, crowd. He was tempted to um, get drunk and party and, you know, do all these crazy things. But he didn't sin. He didn't sin. Because he was whole. He knew he had a mission to accomplish. Hallelujah. That's what motivated him. So, no, I can't, I'm not going to be drawn away by this temptation. It's not a sin to be tempted, but it is a sin to give in to temptation. It's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted, but he overcame every temptation. And if Jesus can do it, we can do it. Why? Because Jesus had the Holy Spirit and we don't have a different Holy Spirit than Jesus had. We have the same Holy Spirit. We have the same Holy Ghost that Jesus had living in him, lives and dwells in our body. And we can do the things Jesus did. Hallelujah. If Jesus lived holy, we can live holy as well. If Jesus lived free from sin, we can live free from sin as well. But is that going to, you know... Avoid us from temptation? No. But Jesus whipped every temptation by what? The Holy Spirit. So we can do the same thing too. We can live holy. We can live holy in pure lives. Set apart for God's use. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to be a vessel of common use. I don't want to be a vessel of wood and clay and that crap. I want to be a vessel of gold and silver fit for the master to use. I want I want God to use me like he's never had before. And I'm not I don't want to just say it. I want to actually prove by my life, prove by consecration, prove by fasting and prayer, prove by, you know, separation that I want God to use me. I want him to use me. I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't want to go where everybody else goes. I don't want to do what everybody else does. I don't want to say what everybody else says. I want to be set apart. And God's looking for set-apart people. He's not looking for chameleons. He's looking for set-apart people. I want to be a vessel of gold and silver. I want to be a weapon in the hands of God to destroy every work of the devil in my generation. In Jesus' mighty name. And that's where you're going to be. You're going to be a mighty weapon in the hand of God to, de to destroy every wicked thing the devil set up in your generation. If you agree with that, say amen to that. Let's go to Galatians 2. Galatians 2.20. Here's what Paul says. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Say, Christ lives in me. Christ, the hope of glory. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. My old self has been crucified with Christ. I'm not I'm not the person I used to be anymore. That person is dead and gone. But Christ lives in me. You should say that every day of your life. Say Christ lives in me, the hope of the hope of glory. Christ lives in me. Hallelujah.
Now, number two. What is the will of God for your life? What is it? It's not only to be saved and to live holy. What, what else is it? To be healed and to walk in health. To be healed and to walk in health. Well, that's it on to be healed. It's not the will of God for you to walk in sickness. Some people say, well, God just put the sickness on me to teach me a lesson. God doesn't use sickness to teach people lessons. God's not the author of sickness and disease. God is the author of healing. Jesus is the great physician. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus is a great physician. The devil in John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come for you to have an abundant life. Is sickness abundant life? No. Healing is not only healing, but walking in health. It's another thing to be healed, and it's a, it's a completely different thing to walk in health. You know you don't have to be sick another day in your life. That's what walking in health is. You carry healing virtue in your body. So what, other, what plagues others doesn't plague your body. Let's go to 1 Peter 2.24. I wish I had my King James Bible, but it's so far away, so I'm probably going to have to rock with the NLT. But um, it's going to have to do. 1 Peter 2.24 says he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin. This, has, this would be a good thing to quote for the first point. To live a whole to live a holy life. He called us to live a holy life. Say I'm dead to sin. Say I am dead to sin. And live for what is right. By his stripes you are healed. By his by his stripes you are healed. So you are healed. He's called you to walk to to to, to walk in healing. But if you are sick. He can heal you. He can heal you. Doesn't it's not no nah, nothing's hard for God. People say nothing's too hard for God, but there's nothing even hard for God. God can heal you of anything that you're dealing with. Doesn't matter if it's um monkeypox, COVID nineteen, um diabetes, cancer, headaches, blindness, deafness. Um, stomach ulcers or anything that is plaguing your body is not allowed to do it. Let me say this. Sickness is an illegal immigrant in the body of a believer. Sickness is an illegal immigrant in the body of a believer. Why? Because what does the Bible say your body is? The, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So how can something unholy like sickness reside in something that's holy? How can something holy 
be in the same place with something that's in unholy. It can't. Something's got to give way. And that's that sickness. That sickness is going to leave your body in Jesus' name. So Jesus purchased your healing on that cross with his blood, every stripe. And I want you to, people don't understand this. People don't understand what Jesus had to go through to purchase your healing. It is Jesus paid a, a very expensive price for me to walk in healing. And Christians walking in sickness is a spit on the blood of Jesus to what he purchased. Healing. If you're walking in sickness, no, nah, Jesus paid too much of a high price for you to walk in sickness. What price did he pay? He got beat. Bad. Very bad. Let me tell you how. I want you to understand this. He was whipped. Hallelujah. For 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 our healing. Whipped. They would tie a man. And this is Roman scourging. Jewish scourgings were 39 lashes. Those were Jewish scourgings. But if you got whipped by the Romans, they would just go in and then stop. So he was whipped by the Romans, not by the Jews. So nobody knows how many stripes he, he took. Could be way more than 39. I'll tell you that right now. So he was tied up to this pole. And they would they got the cat of nine tails. And a cat of nine tails, if you don't study this out, you need to. It's literally a weapon with stashes of, you know, leather. And in the leather was weights, bone, glass, anything sharp. That was in it. That was the weight. So when you, man, and they would lay into a person's back with that. And time after time, two Romans, not one, two Romans would take turns going ham on Jesus's back one by one. And he took those stripes for who? You. For my healing. So Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't get scourged for no reason. Jesus didn't get scourged for me to continue to walk in sickness. No, Jesus got whipped by every stripe on his back. It was for my healing. Every drop of blood that Jesus shed was for my healing. And it's illegal for me to walk in sickness. It is illegal. Why? Because Jesus paid too much of a high price for me to walk in what he's already purchased. He purchased healing and I'm going to walk in it. What a spit in the face of Jesus to still be to to be sick after all he has, you know, purchased. Purchased healing and Christians are walking in sickness. What a spit in the face. It is disrespect. To walk in sickness after Jesus took every stripe for your healing. A disrespect. Jesus is up in heaven saying, why are my, are my brothers and sisters walking in sickness when I've already purchased healing for them? And it, you don't have to pay it. I already paid it. 
Tetelestai, paid in full. You don't have to pay anything. So why are you still suffering what, with what I already took upon my body? Why? It is against. It is against what I've took. It is against my blood. That's not what I've called you to walk in. I've called you to walk in healing. I've called you to walk in divine health. I've not called you to walk in sickness. What a spit in the face to Jesus to walk in sickness. After everything he's paid, after all the blood he's shed and Christians are walking in sickness and taking pride in it. What a, mm, what a dumb thing. I had to edit there. My goodness, man. <sighs> what a dumb thing. People taking pride in it. Stupid, man. Treat sickness in your body as you would treat a robber in your house. Immediately you know that robber is not allowed. You already know. What are you doing in my house? Get out. And do it by force. You don't just tell a robber politely to get out. No, you force him out. That's the same way you should treat sickness. Force it out by what? The word. Force it out. Say, no, this is not going to be in my body. By his stripes, I am healed. I am healed. Jesus paid for my healing. I am not suffering with this anymore. Until you're sick of it, it won't leave. Until you're done with it, it won't, it won't leave. You got to get sick of it. Say, I'm sick of this thing. Get out in Jesus' mighty name. I curse you. I'm tired of this. It's not it's not my story. Until you until you're until you're fed up with it, the devil's just going to continue to play around with you. But when you have this look in your eye saying, "This is not going to be my story. I'm done with this because this is against everything Jesus paid for. I'm not dealing with this anymore." Then the devil is going to pee his pants and leave you alone. But until that happens, the devil's just going to keep playing with you and keep putting sickness on you while you do absolutely nothing about it because you're ignorant in the word. What does the Bible say in the book of Amos? My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Not for a lack of praying, not for a lack of singing, not for a lack of dancing, but for a lack of knowledge. What you don't know will kill you. If you don't know about healing, you, you will get taken out when sickness comes because you don't know what to do. You'll say, you'll say this stupid thing. Well, this was sent by God. God doesn't send sickness. You, Oh, man. God doesn't send sickness. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals me. Jehovah Rapha. How dare you how dare you say that? That is against him. That is against who he is. That's not him. While you're saying that foolish thing out of your mouth, God is saying, How can this person say that? That's against who the very person I am. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals thee. I'm not the Lord who pits sickness on thee. That's not me. That is the devil. So you you better watch yourself because you're contributing what the devil does to God. And you're very close to blasphemy. That is very dangerous. Don't ever contribute what the devil does to what God does. Because that is foolish. God does not. He never sends sickness. He is the healer of sickness. He keeps you from sickness and disease. He is the healer of your body. 
foolish when people talk like that because they don't know what the Bible says. Psalm 91. Very popular song. Here's what the Bible says. Those, actually, I'm not going to begin in verse one. I was about to read the whole thing, which I could, but let's begin in verse three, actually. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Hallelujah. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. Hallelujah. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly by day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. God will protect you. He will not only, you know, heal you, but he will protect you from, from sickness. What's coming upon everybody else is not going to come on my house. You want to know why? Because the blood is on my doorpost. The blood of Jesus. Oh, man. If the blood of a natural lamb can keep the death angel from killing the firstborn, a blood of the natural lamb, which is a which is a type of Jesus Christ. If that is if if a type of Jesus Christ is is powerful enough to keep the death the death angel out, how much more powerful is the actual lamb of Jesus Christ able to keep every deadly thing from my house and from your house? Hallelujah. I'm, I, I, the Holy Spirit just reminded me in my spirit about Galatians 3.13. Christ hath redeemed us. Hallelujah. From, hallelujah, man. From the curse pronounced by the law. What is the curse? You read it in Deuteronomy 28. It talks about poverty. It talks about sickness. That's the curse, poverty, sickness. And what does the Bible say? Christ hath redeemed us. Hallelujah. And if you read, I believe in verse 61 of Deuteronomy 28, it talks about that um, sicknesses that are not even written in this book will come upon you if you don't obey the voice of the Lord your God. And Christ redeemed it. So that means every disease that is going to come out, because the Bible says it will come, diseases will come out, plagues will come out. Every disease that will come out, it doesn't matter how much diseases they they make. Christ has already redeemed it. He redeemed me from it, so I don't have to suffer with it. Why do I have to suffer with with what Jesus already suffered for? It's not mine. If Jesus took it all, then he took it all. If something, if somebody took all of something, then there's nothing left. So if Jesus took all my sicknesses and diseases, how many are left for me? None. 
How many are left for you? None. So that means I'm walking in health. I'm walking in healing. I don't have to be sick another day in my life. I don't have to suffer another day in my life. Suffering is not for the children of God. Suffering is not for us. Jesus already did the suffering for us. So we wouldn't have to suffer. He died in our place. uh, Dr. T.L. Osborne said he is our substitute. He, He replaced us. So we wouldn't have to suffer with those things. He took upon his body the sicknesses and diseases. Hallelujah. Man. Many people are going to be healed when they listen to this. Many people are going to be healed when they listen to this. Because many people's their, their eyes are coming... Are turning on now. The the light is turning on, saying, "Okay, they're they're catching this. They're catching this. Many people are going to receive what they're what they're looking for. Many people are going to receive healing. Whenever you're watching this, Exodus twenty three. Exodus 23, 25. Here's what the Bible says. You must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, I will bless you with food and water. Or in the King James, it says, I will bless your food and water. And I will protect you from illness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, man. Mm. I will protect you from illness. There will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land. Hallelujah. I will give you long and full lives. Hallelujah. That's what God wants. That's what God's will is. For us to live long and full lives. For us to not get shortcutted by sickness and to die at a young age. No. He wants us to live long, full lives in our 90s and our 100s. You know, Billy Graham died at 99 and a half. Didn't get shortcutted by sickness. Why? Because he's a son of God. He obeyed the word. He won a lot of souls. He, he led millions of people into heaven. And God expanded his life. People, men of God, you you see Kenneth Hagin, Lester Summer, Oral Roberts, um, Catherine Coleman, R.W. Shamrock, people like that die in their 90s and their 80s. And they it's not like they were weak. They were strong men of women of God. They were strong. You don't have to be old and weak. No, the Bible says, Caleb said, I'm 85, but I feel like I'm 40. Give me, give me this mountain. Hallelujah. I feel this, man. I am 85 now, but I feel I have the strength as if I was 40. Give me this mountain. Hallelujah. Hmm. Hmm. 
Man. You can walk in health. And if you're older watching me, you don't have to die because of sickness. No, you can live strong, strong, strong in your 80s, strong in your 90s. As you, hallelujah. I feel this. As your days on earth is, so your strength shall be. Hallelujah. As your days on earth, so shall your strength be. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Man. I felt the anointing on that, man. As your strength on earth is, so shall your strength be. I I don't know who that was for, but I felt the power of God on that. You'll be strong. Hallelujah. You will be strong. You will be strong. You will be strong. You will be strong. You will go stronger in your in your late in your in your sixties, fifty, your fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. You won't be shortcutted by sickness and disease. You'll be strong. You'll live strong. Hallelujah. You'll live strong. Praise God, man. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but the power the power of God is is uh it's uh it's it's here. <laughs> it's here, man. I feel it in my room. We're getting a healing touch from God. Man. Psalm 41. Verse 3 says, The Lord nurses those or nurses them when they're sick and restores them to health. Hallelujah. The Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. Praise you, Lord. Shombra Tehikar. Shombra Mandia. Praise you, Lord. Well, I don't know who's su- suffering with this, but I keep hearing glaucoma. I don't know who's su- suffering with this, but uh, I keep hearing glaucoma, 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 glaucoma. Well, whoever that is, God will, hallelujah. 
God is going God is going to heal you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. I don't know who's that who's that for, but you're 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 healed in Jesus mighty name. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And yes, Lord. Glaucoma is being healed. Even as I said. Hallelujah. And I don't. Uh, this rarely happens on a podcast. But the Holy Ghost is is healing is healing people. I've never got like a sort of like a word of knowledge on this podcast before. But the Holy Ghost is moving right now. Hallelujah, man. Man. People are being healed. People are being healed. People are being set free. Glory to God. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, Hmm. It's kind of hard to move on, but oh man, hallelujah, man. Well, point number three uh, whoever that word of knowledge is for, you're healed in Jesus' mighty name. Check, check, hallelujah. Well, point number three uh, to be prosperous, what is the will of God for my life? Will of God is to be prosperous. For me to walk in abundance, overflow. Not just barely getting by. And it's for sure not poverty. Nope. Jesus was not poor. Jesus was not poor. Jesus was not poor. Why? Because he had a treasurer. If somebody was poor, they would not need a treasurer. And guess what? Jesus had so much money. That even if Judas was taken out of the bag, it didn't even matter because they always had more than enough. Jesus always had more than enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To take care of those around him. Hallelujah, man. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Man. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 8.18. It says, Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the power to get wealth. In order to fulfill the covenant, he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. He is the one who gives you the power to get wealth. As we read earlier, he blesses our food and water. He blesses us. He causes us to get success. He gives us power to get wealth. To get abundance. To walk in overflow. To have the best of the best. Man, this scripture comes up to me now. I believe... uh, 
it's in uh, Ecclesiastes, I believe. Oh, yeah, I might have to double check that. But Solomon says, I've seen a strange thing. I've seen servants on horseback and, you know, kings walking on foot. And that's a picture of what's happening now. You see worldly people, which are servants, having the best of the best. You know, them having cars, them having jets. And it's not a problem, you know, for them. And people don't care. But as soon as Christians get something nice, you know, they they end up in the news because they have three jets. Because they're prosperous and people are jealous of them. Well, aren't you supposed to give to the poor? Yes. I heard Evangelist Jonathan say this. He says he was at a, um, he was riding on an airplane ride. And then somebody, he told what somebody was, um, it was a lady next to him, and he said, the lady said, uh, what are you doing here? What do you do for a living? And he said, I, I'm a preacher. And he said, and the lady says, what are you doing here on first class? Aren't you supposed to give your money to the poor? And then eventually Jonathan was like, I have, but it keeps coming back and making babies. And I was like, well, yeah, because when you, when, and that's so true, because when you give, it's impossible to give at a loss. You always give and get something back. You always give and you get more than what you gave. He gives you the power to get wealth. He doesn't want you to walk through life barely, you know, paying your bills and struggling. No. Nope. God has not called you to endure life. He's called you to enjoy life. I'm going to go to Joshua 1.8. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. And be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. But how do you do that? It just said, obey this book of instruction. Study it continually. Meditate on it day and night so you be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Hallelujah. Prosper and succeed in all you do. In all you do. Not in some things, but in everything you do. Everything you put your hand to. I want you to say this. Everything I put my hand to will be blessed. Everything I put my hand to will be blessed. Wherever you, wherever you work, you'll be blessed and highly favored at your job. You'll be blessed in, in the sight of your bosses, like Joseph was. Blessed and highly favored. The same grace you gave to Joseph, Father gave it to me. What caused him to succeed in everything he did. You know, what caused him to take care of everything of Potiphar. And Potiphar didn't have anything to worry about except what to eat. Grant that same grace to me in Jesus' name. Whenever you work, a secular job, when you're even when you're 17, Joseph was 17. Secular job for right now, you know, part-time job. God will bless you. God will pit you to the top. Hallelujah. God will pit you to the top. 
Second Corinthians eight nine, and I'm gonna close with this. Hallelujah, man. Second Corinthians eight nine. Bible says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became whose sakes? My sake. Yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he can make you rich. Hallelujah. Jesus was made poor so I can become rich. Rich. Like it says in John 10 10, thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come. For you to have a rich and satisfying life, it says in the NLT, uh, New Living Translation. A rich, hallelujah, hallelujah. A rich and satisfying life. A satisfying life. For you to be healed and walk in health. A rich. For you to be prosperous and have more than enough. Hallelujah, man. I'm going to close on that because I feel the, the power of God. People are being healed, man. People are, are being healed right now. And I'm going to go ahead and pray for you. So I want you to lift your hands wherever you're at and the healing power of God's going to fall on you. Hallelujah. Imbra kando sombra itihi star. Praise you, Lord. Father, I thank you for those who are watching me and will watch me or listen to me. Father, it is not your will for them to walk in sickness. It is not your will for them to struggle. But Father, it is your will for you for them to not only be healed, but to walk in health. Not only to to not be in poverty, but to be have more than enough. Be prosperous. So, Father, whatever the disease they're dealing with, Lord, I thank you that you you've already healed them now in Jesus' name. You 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 already healed them. As I was, you know, preaching your word. You were already touching the people. Hallelujah. You're already touching them. So, Father, let healing virtue from the top of their head to the soles of their feet come on them now in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Touch them now in Jesus' mighty name. May they be healed now. Hallelujah. Now. The power of God's touching people. I feel it now in the name of Jesus. You have not called them to struggle and live in sickness. You've called them to live in healing and to walk in divine health. You've paid too much of a high price for them to walk in sickness. With your precious blood, every stripe you took on your back is for their healing. And I claim that in Jesus' name. Now, be healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet 
in Jesus' name. And I call it done. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, man, man. I feel the power of God on that. Man. Whew. Well, I'm happy you enjoyed this. Well, let me know if you enjoyed this, this podcast. Uh, you can follow me on my Instagram at uh, jsroberts underscore nine. Uh, I have a lot of Instagram preaching videos there. Uh, you can check out and uh, more podcasts up to up soon. So pray that you enjoy this and love you and have the blessed rest of your day, night, whenever you're watching this. Mwah. Love you. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to the end of this podcast. Have you ever made a personal decision to live for Jesus Christ and ask him to come into your heart? I want to give that invitation for you right now. Jesus Christ died on a cross for you so you wouldn't have to go to a devil's hell, but you could be in heaven for the rest of eternity with him. If you want to make this personal decision, say this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose for me. And I believe you're coming back again for me. Fill me with your power. Where I'm weak, make me strong. Sin's power is broken over my life. I'm God's child. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, that was the best decision you ever made in your entire life. I love you and have a blessed rest of your day.